Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer with joy and humor, hopefully, um, and humility. And I'm joined by my ever-present, loving, amazing, brilliant co-host, Kristen Williams. You know, you're never going to get rid of me because I just need to come every week and hear my, my intro. I know, like, right? It's just, it's just like I could go on and on too. That's the that's the problem. Like trying oh, to say all the stuff. I love you too. So let's see what we got here. We've got some good questions. Here is one about uh, hiking. C S O Palski. How to avoid bruised toes while hiking downhill? My shoes are a size up, but foot placement off? Question mark. We think that you might be having a shoe too big. So think about if you're hiking downhill, you've got energy going down, right? Your gravity is pushing you forward. And then you also have the decline. You're already going to be shifting forward. So if you have too much space in there, you're going to be knocking your toes against the um, front of your boot for sure. And having done many hikes myself, It's important to have good shoes. What I found personally is having a good fit. For me, it's usually like a finger, um, what is that, width? Width, The the pad of your finger. The most you would have um, at your big toe or less than that. And then the wide toe box is huge Mm -hmm. because you need to kind of round out, so to speak, places where your foot can venture. And if there's more of a 
little bit of space around all the toes, you're not going to be just forcing forward. And they kind of stay in their place. But you don't want too much if it's too big. So one pa when I say one pad, I'm like half a pad. Like I just can basically mush down a tiny bit with that little, like half of my pad. And so I, what is that? Quarter of an inch. Yeah, quarter of an inch. It's not much. It's just enough that I'm not, I don't feel my tip of my toe at the end of the boot. But you don't want too much space in there because think it's going to be moving around. But widen your toe box so that that also gives all of the toes more space and that they're not going to get squished. Because there's nothing like, we've ha I've had this in running so many times. I remember running and getting that bruised toe and then cutting out my... Um, the front of the, you know, the top of the shoe so that it wouldn't push up against it. It is, it is really troubling. And then all you can focus on is that toe in the middle of the night throbbing. <laughs> you know, I, I've never been so unfortunate to, to have that. I will say, speaking of running, I do like to upsize my shoes when I run. Um, and she might've gotten that recommendation because people don't do talk about swelling. You know, you want to mm -hmm. accommodate your, your feet might swell when you, when you run, when you hike, um, you know, I think the difference between a running shoe and a, and a, and a, well, running and hiking in and of themselves, but also a running shoe and a, and a, and a hiking shoe is, you I mean, a hiking shoe is much more sturdy. Um, a running shoe being big and sliding around a bit, um, you're not going to be, you know, buttressing up against as much. Uh, I wouldn't go up a full size, but I definitely like, I like mine a little more roomy. Um, but when I'm hiking, I, I like that snug because you are going downhill and, and I don't like to slide. You get, you get more blisters. Also, I would say socks, you know, make sure that you're wearing, uh, I like, I don't care how hot it is. I like, uh, either like a wool or a, um, a synthetic, synthetic. Wool, you know, mm -hmm. that you like those smart wools or whatever, mm -hmm. because they really wick away the, the moisture uh, they tend to, I think, give that hug so the, the shoe fits well, um, because you know you need, you don't want to be sliding around when you are hiking. When especially if you're doing any type of North uh, in North America hiking, like in the Northeast, it is it's more like scrambling, mm -hmm. um, and um, I just feel like that would invite a bruising, especially descending. You know, going down repetitively. You know, could she did say foot placement? Could you argue, you know, is she going down, you know, really without a lot of eccentric control? Maybe, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that could be part of it. So trying to control your descent a little bit might help that. But I'm still, when she said the big shoes, I just kind of thought, mm, that's going to be Yeah, yeah. And another recommendation, two other recommendations. One, um, if you have like a little bit of the eccentric control missing or not even if you I, I use these regardless poles <laughs> oh my god the poles are everything and that also will prevent some of that extra kind of slight sliding forward and that that helps not only when in your shoe but also in your tibia your you know when you're going downhill and uh, that's how you can get good shin splints is you know that tibia is going forward and you're not able to control it coming back being held um, and it's just good for also maneuvering and staying uh, more steady over uneven surfaces. So I love my hiking poles for, mm -hmm. for climbing, you know, for real hills up and down. 
And not that you're asking, but uh, people ask me all the time, so I might as well say it. The two boots that I love the most, they're both vegan, and that's important to me. It might not be something that you're as interested in, but um, Merrill, they have vegan and non-vegan. The Merrill, vegan, and then the Ultras are amazing. And they are that the Ultras have a wide toe box. The Merrills do as well, not as wide as the Ultras. So I love both of those. I actually wear Merrill also, and mine are vegan. And I just, mm -hmm. you know, use like the spray to keep them waterproof and things like that, which is nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because good I, shoes, good they shoes can make you happy or they can make you miserable. <laughs> Absolutely. Or shoes can make you happy or miserable. So you want good ones. Yeah. Oh, that is so true. All right. Great question. So we got a question from our friend, Rachel, another lit yogi teacher. She says, hi, Lauren, question, uh, Lauren, Kristen. My question <laughs> is regarding post-workout pain and levels of energy. I have noticed that at certain times of the month, I have longer lasting DOMS and lower energy and try to choose a gentler practice. Can you discuss this? please. And then she also goes into another question that we can kind of combo these together. She says, um, after a particularly strong clash, she was sore in parts that she's not used to working as much like her arms and her calves. It lasted like five days. A week after that, I had a massage and she worked a lot on my shoulders. They were not sore at the start, but by the end it was painful. She told me that I had lactic acid buildup, which I did not think was possible, even though my muscles got worked and tired, I had not done any exercises to the point of being able, uh, having to stop and catch my breath in a week and just a consistent lit yoga practice. My shoulders were not even the sore part after the fire class. So I'm wondering what was she feeling digging about in there? So her first question was talking about, you know, certain times of month and DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness and lower energy, and then kind of following up that question, I think with, you know, muscle soreness and massage. So do you want to launch into that, Laura? Yes. So, um, there are definitely times of the month, meaning if you're a woman and you have a menstrual cycle that, um, there are going to be times where you will have more energy, more creativity, more spunk naturally, um, versus times you won't feel that you'll feel more, um, like energy depleted, maybe a little bit more internal and not wanting uh, to uh, kind of emit as much energy. So it is good to kind of track your own tendencies or look up, uh, there's, look up what is normal, not, not normal, but what is, has been written about in research that has been noticed, like when you're ovulating, how that is on your impact. Usually you have a kind of lower level of energy. Um, and but everybody's a little different. I've had people who like felt great when they were ovulating and felt great during their menstrual cycle until the very end when most people are kind of coming out of it. And they, so everybody's a little different. So I think it's best just to track your own personal one and then just observe in that what your energetic tendency is and what your needs are. So maybe if you're feeling like really kind of low energy, move, but move not maybe in a really aerobic way, more kind of just to mobilize joints and to, to feel the freedom in the tissues versus raising the heart rate up, getting some um, more plyometric type things or anything like that, that might make you feel more depleted. For some people that can do the opposite, right? So this is where you have to know yourself. So it sounds like Rachel, you already are doing that. You kind of already are tracking, like, I know my energy is low today and I'm going to pick 
something that's a little bit silky smooth. I would say stick with that, but every once in a while, just try something and see if you notice if it actually gives you more energy or it, yes, it continues to actually drain the energy. So it's always, we're, I look at our bodies and our movement as a big laboratory, you know, like what's fueling me, what is like taking energy from me and figuring that beautiful balance to have as much of the homeostasis as possible. Um, I do think it's very individual. Some people are very impacted by their menstrual cycle. I was somebody, fortunately, who wasn't. Um, I don't have mine anymore, but I, I just always did basically the same thing, and I it didn't bother me. And that's probably why I haven't had any major. I haven't had menopausal symptoms either. And that might just be like my hormones are not dramatic um, enough that they give me any major shifts in energy. So it's everybody's different though. Hey y'all, today's podcast is sponsored by AminoCo. AminoCo is a company that has developed products made to help you feel more energized, made to help your bones and muscles feel stronger through these essential amino acids. I use all of the products, but I'm talking about Life Formula today. I include Life Formula because I want to age well with energy and vitality. And especially because I'm going through menopause, I'm in the menopausal process, I'm focused on that healthy heart and combating muscle loss, which are two big concerns after menopause. And just like the other amino products, I really love the taste of life. It doesn't taste like funky or weird or saccharine like some formulas do. I put it in my water bottle and shake it up and have it in the midday. And I feel really confident that the life formula is aiding in my quest to maintain muscle density and strength, just like it helped the astronauts who were originally drinking this magical creation. If you want to learn more about that background and story of the creator, Dr. Robert Wolf, tune in to my episode 569. And if you want to try it for yourself, I really highly recommend it. Go to the website aminoco.com slash lit. So that's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash lit, and you'll get a 30% off discount code lit. So go get lit up and try the life formula. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I, I've been fortunate enough to not be affected by way of energy level or muscle soreness or anything like that with my period. I will say that um, one of our fellow lit PTs, who also is a um, one of our blog writers, Thalia wrote a great um, blog on our Lit Yoga website called Train Like a Girl. It's from May 19th, 2022. So if you're listening to this later, you can go on our website and reach uh, read all about it where she says, follow the rhythm of your monthly cycle and optimize your training. So, you know, she really does talk about how this does affect some people. Laura and I are lucky we aren't those people. The only experiences I've ever had is just having pain in my pubic symphysis around the area of, uh, around the time of my beginning of my period, when I was a little weaker in my core, I don't have that anymore for the most part, since I've been training with lit for so many years, my core is so much more strong that I don't feel that, but I would go read that blog. I think that you can get a lot of good information from that, uh, Rachel. And then looking at the second half of your question, when we're talking about lactic acid buildup and, you know, DOMS and then going and getting a massage. And, you know, if somebody has been digging around in your muscles, you weren't even sore when she got up in there. Um, 
if she was really spending a lot of time, this is soft tissue, you know, I, I, this is, this is flesh. So we can break down, we can hurt ourselves with, with soft tissue, with, with soft tissue release. Um, If I had to guess, she probably was too aggressive, uh, which is why it had nothing to do with lactic acid, you know, lactic acid building up in the muscles. Does that happen? Yes. I mean, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a chemical reaction that our body produces lactic acid as we burn fuel to create energy to contract a muscle. But X number of days afterwards, are you sore after a massage because of a buildup of lactic acid? I don't think so. Uh, I think she was too aggressive, which is why you were sore. Um, and that is hard. It's hard going to a massage therapist and people say, how hard do you want it? How You kind of feel like you need to have it hard to make it feel like something, but it can be a fine line between what is too much, what's not enough. Um, it's kind of like the three little bears or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah. Totally. yeah it's Goldilocks, but, um, you know, that's my thought on that second half. What do you think about that part of the question? Laura? I, I agree. And I, I think there's a lot of, um, manual therapists who are totally on, on page with us in that, um, and we were both trained in manual therapy. And I, and I know some people who are, who, uh, some of my teachers that taught me, it's like, you're going to hold this trigger point and go in and, 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 and I always thought that seems like a lot. That seems kind of mean. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not that mean. I just, and personally, I didn't never liked a really deep tissue massage. And I have lots of people who are like, oh, I go in and get a deep tissue massage. They continue to go back and get a deep tissue massage. And I'm like, okay, is that really working? What I think really mindful um, any kind of body worker is going to do is they want to work with your body. They're not, they're not imposing a force on it. They're trying to help your body become more balanced. And so kind of my rule of thumb is if you are holding your breath at any point or feel like, oh my gosh, like that intensity, that's too much. You have these things in your fascia, these receptors that respond to tension and pressure. And that is that, that, that signal of what you're experiencing is pain deep discomfort is your body saying, I feel like I'm in danger here. So if you feel sore the next day after having massage, I don't think that's a good idea. I think, you, you know, most people don't like to just lie on the table and feel like somebody's just barely doing anything. But I think that doing subtle things, like I was working on Kristen's neck a few weeks ago, and she never was like, oh my God, but she would say, oh, right there is, I, I feel like that's, I feel it. Like, but it wasn't, so it's just, I'm going, in, we call it going into the, I'm meeting the barrier and then I'm staying there. I'm not trying to dig through the barrier. When you, when I'm imposing my force beyond that barrier, that is going to lead to discomfort. And so, I think you experienced that. If you went in and you weren't having pain and you came out and you had pain the next day, that would be the logical conclusion. And this isn't at all to bash body workers because I love body work. I love it all. But I think and that the training that all of us receive that have done body work is that there are levels of it. 
And I have just naturally always gravitated toward same when we were stretching people. I never wanted to stretch people where they had to hold their breath or had to like grab a towel and put it, shove it in their mouth. Like to me, that's like counterintuitive. Like why would I impose my force that is making somebody hold their breath or, or be in pain? It's like, we're trying to work as a team together and the really deep stuff to me personally, I don't, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, do you okay. have time for more? Yeah. So Bonnie T asks, uh, do you think that lit is enough movement or do you do other things? Question mark. Recommendations. Well, I'll just, I, yeah, I'll launch in and I mean, I created this method and I fully believe that it is, I, I created it actually with the intention that it be a one-stop shop experiment, right? Or experience from my own, from my own desires as a busy mom, as a person who loves to, to move my body every day, break a sweat. I wanted all the components of it. So I started bringing in all the things that I knew that we needed. We needed functional movement. We needed plyometrics. We needed to sweat. We needed to have the challenge. We needed core integration. So in a way, I customized and made this so that you didn't have to feel like you then had to go and do a run or go and hop on the treadmill or Stairmaster or whatever, that it was a full body experience. And that has worked and that has continued to work for me. However, there are people who do this as a supplement to something that they love. And that's because I love the stuff I do. Some people love running more or they love, you know, hiking more. They love playing lacrosse or, or my rowers, you know, it's, they have something else. And this is an adjunct to help the balancing of something that is maybe not as full body um, balancing as, as lit is. So I have to say, you have to, you have, the first thing you want to do is like, what brings you joy? Like you can't do something somebody else does if it is not bringing you joy. Like I look forward to getting on my mat and playing and moving and sweating and challenging myself. And um, I'm never bored by it. It is fulfilled me and fulfilled me phys- physically, mentally, physiologically in many ways. And I find that I'm also better prepared to do things that I don't necessarily regularly do. Like if I went on a hike or I went for a run or a bike ride um, or a swim and I feel like, oh, this is not that hard because I prepared my body in this kind of global way. Um, But if I was going to do something for specificity, I would obviously have to work in that realm. But that's not where I am in my life. So you just have to do what brings you joy. Um, and I will let you say what, what, what you have to say about that KB? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I write what you said there with what, what brings you joy. Um, I definitely, I was a run, am a runner. I was a heavy runner before I started lit and then found that I needed to run less once I started, started lit. And by need to run mean, because I just, I was finding more joy doing lit than I was running. I'd gotten to the point where running felt like a chore and joy, and I always, and I still do, I always find joy with, with lit. Since I've moved up here to, I'm now in Wisconsin and I live on, by the lake, I live on this wonderful, by this wonderful running path. I started 
desiring to run again. So I am now running again. And it's just three times a week. But why? Because it brings me joy. And, and because it gets me out of the house, I now work from home. So um, the other thing I will point out is, you know, lit, especially the lit daily, we have more than just yoga on there. We've got, that's why we have the hit classes. That's why we have the resistance band classes. Because let's face it, I mean, variety is the spice of life up here in our brain. It's also good for your body. What I do love about lit is you're never, it's not like a running. It's not, it's not like running. It's not like any, really any other sport that tends to be repetitive, rowing, repetitive, cycling, repetitive, running, repetitive, you know, soccer. I mean, everything is repetitive with lit. Lit becomes more like dance where we can choreograph it to change, which is a beautiful thing. That is what drew me to it because I love a choreography. I, I was a dancer. So I like that it's, I could never do a yoga practice that was the same poses every time. I would, that would kill my spirit. <laughs> but it, it also, no, it's not good for your, your body. Your body, when we train, we start to lose the benefits of training as your body becomes, a, it's very adaptable. So you're getting all this great, you know, your heart, your cardiovascular is improving, your strength is improving, your flexibility. And if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to plateau. It is how the body works. So you need variety. You need to change it up. You need to either change. If you're a runner, you need to change that you're doing hills. You need to change your speed. You need to change. That's why cross training is popular. Lit is its own form of cross training. I do other things for other reasons. And it's simply because I love to go run by the lake. The water brings me joy. I love to take my dogs for a walk because that brings me joy. You love to walk around in nature because that brings you joy. But I don't feel like I need it for my health. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So I think the bottom line is do it brings you joy. And yeah, make sure that that joy is is more than just sitting on the couch reading because we love to do that too. But like what movement practice brings you joy? And we do have to think about the body as this incredible um, just channel that we can tune, we, we can change, that we can amplify by taking the desperate parts and that they're and putting them all together. The things we do need to get, we need to take care of our heart and lungs. Um, we do, do need to take care of our posture and our musculoskeletal system and our mental health. And, and so whatever you're doing, if it kind of, you know, checks all those boxes, yeah, that's do a lot of that and do maybe do something else because you want to, not because you're feeling like I got to get this in. So, um, yeah, I hope you keep doing lit with us and if you want to write us any questions or have any questions about lit, First of all, check out Lit Daily if you haven't, if you're not on it. We have a two-week free trial that gives you lots of chances to check about all these things we're talking about, the yoga classes, the HIIT classes, um, stress relief, prenatal, postnatal, specific uh, collections like Kristen has a sciatica series for both yogis and non-yogis. Uh, we have an office worker series. We have a posture series. We have a lot on there. So just get in there and explore like it's a Netflix thing. Uh, <laughs> so check that out, Lit Daily. Again, we got a two weeks free trial. 
If you're a Lit Daily subscriber, you know, share it with your people. Share it with your friends. I'm sure you already do. We have so many people who do that. And finally, if you want to send us a question about the podcast, you can find us on Instagram, Lara.Hyman, KBWilliams99. Just direct message us. Or... Or you can write us at support at lityoga, L-Y-T, yoga.com. And we always get those. We actually get a lot of questions through there that uh, we just have forwarded to us. And we hold on to them until the next time we record. So uh, please write. And then also uh, please rate and review us. You know, that that means a lot for us to see um, uh, how you feel we're doing. Because we, we, we try to keep this fun. It sure is fun for us. And we hope it's fun for you to listen to. So... We do. And you know, we are always pulling for you. Ding, ding. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.